Hello and welcome to the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Today I'm going to tell you the story of how a butcher, a doorman, and a little brother who really loved his sister altered the fate of China all the way back in the 3rd century BC. I am once again joined by Alice from Paris. Hi. <laughs> Alice, we've talked about the Warring States period before. Yeah, of course. Yeah. And I think you are uh, familiar enough with Chinese history that you know how it ultimately ended, right? Mm. With the rise of the the first the, emperor. The rise the, of the first emperor, the, Qing Shi Huangdi. Qing Shi Huangdi and mm. the, the, the Qing Empire, the Qing Dynasty. The Qing Dynasty. Uh, which was founded in, uh, he succeeded in, in founding the dynasty and conquering the other six kingdoms in 221 BC. Right. Um, what I want to talk about today is an earlier occasion when, when this could have all have been done already, but it wasn't. When his grandfather, Qin Shi Huang's grandfather, uh, King Zhuangxiang of, of the kingdom of Qing, could have unified all of China, but he failed. He failed. And how that happened, how he almost succeeded and then failed. Oh. Right. And I didn't it's know good. That. Well, right. And uh, history then would have uh, moved on a little bit faster, some 40, 40 years faster than it ultimately did. It's uh, it's going to be uh, a little bit bloody, <laughs> so just uh, be prepared. Ooh. Yeah, right. So this is I want to tell you about the Battle of Changping, um, which happened between two sixty two and two sixty BC, and what happened immediately after. So let's start with the Battle of Changping. Um, well, uh, for the for for the benefit of our readers, uh, our, our listeners rather. Um, I suppose we should explain. There are seven kingdoms at this time, just like in Westeros, in Game of Thrones, like I said. Um, but uh, the only there are only three that concern us right now, thankfully, so you don't have to remember the names of all seven. There's the kingdom of Qing, which ultimately would become the Qing dynasty, of course. They control the vast stretches of Western China, including today's uh, Xi'an, the, the city of Xi'an, and, um, uh, and uh, at the time, all the Western borderlands um, uh, bordering the so-called barbarians. And then uh, to its east, there is the kingdom of Zhao, which is going to be where much of the action happens. Uh, and south of Zhao, there's the kingdom of Wei, which is in today's... So, Qing, Zhao, and Wei. Qing, Zhao, and Wei are the mm. three kingdoms we're concerned with in this story. The Wei is, uh, was centered on what is now Henan province. Okay. And its capital t is uh, today's uh, city of Kaifeng, which you may know about. Mm. Um, at the time, it was called Daliang. But it's the same. It's the same city. Kaifeng famously has seven layers. I don't know if you're, you know about I this. I didn't know. Yeah, that. it's the seven layers of, of Kaifeng because it has such long has such long history that it is a 
the word is palimpsest. Actually, it's a one layer on top of another, on top of another, on top of another. Okay. And there are seven <laughs> layers of it. You keep digging until. So one of the layers, one of the earlier layers, was the city of Daoliang, which was the capital okay. of Kingdom of Wei. All right. So, King uh, Zhuangxiang of the Kingdom of Qing had was the, the Qing Shuang's grandfather, and he was a wily old man. And uh, by 262 BC, he had been on the throne for many decades, and he was he was getting old, and he wanted. Uh, he had won many victories. In fact, he was, he, I think he had barely ever been defeated in his, in his life. Um, and he wanted to complete the grand task of unifying all of China and defeating, destroying the six kingdoms that were arrayed against the lone superpower, the Qing. So he launches a massive assault on the kingdom of Zhao which is one of the stronger ones of, of his contenders and, of course, uh, an immediate neighbor. And if he could destroy the Zhao, then quite possibly the other five would not be able to stand against him anymore. Why? Just collectively, they might not have enough strength. If, if one of their strongest member, the Zhao, was completely was conquered, maybe the other ones just wouldn't be able to put up a sufficient okay. fight anymore. So he sends he so he uh, invades Zhao with a with a massive army, and the Zhao, in turn, puts up a massive resistance. Both both countries, both kingdoms are are uh, pushing themselves to their utmost, and they have this confrontation at a place called Changping, which today is in Shanxi Province. Um, and uh, which is which is in the sort of the central northern heartland of, of, of modern China. So they have this big sort of endless confrontation, like a, like a like a trench warfare almost for like two and a half years. Um, but now the on the on the Qing side, the man leading leading the uh, leading the army was a general called Bai Qi. He was a brilliant, ruthless. Uh, man, one of the best generals of uh, of, uh, of the Qing kingdom, and on the on the Zhao side, it was an, a cantankerous old soldier uh, called Lian Po. He was, I think, he was going on seventy by this point, which for a for a Bronze Age, yeah, he's a, a, very, very, he's a very old man. He's a very old man. He's a very old man who is still very capable. Mm. And I believe both Bai Qi and Lian Po are ranked among the uh, four great generals of the warring states. So that's why it's, it's, it's such a protracted uh, campaign, because both sides are being led by their best men, basically. And, and so the, the, the war is inconclusive. And so the, the prime minister of the, the Qing comes out with an idea. Ha-ha! <laughs> stratagem, right? Stratagem. So he he sends spies into the Zhao capital, the city of Handan. Okay. And uh, they start to they 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 start to spread rumors that the emperor is getting too old. Come on, man! The guy's not like seventy years old. I mean, how many seventy-year-old seventy-year-olds out there around are still riding horses? And so, like, spreading the rumor among the Zhou. 
among the Zhao, right? Among the Zhao people, among the Zhao nobles,、uh, the, this the whisper, it's like a whisper campaign. Then,、okay. well, maybe Lian Po is getting too old for this. You know, come on, you know, let the man retire already. You know, he's done enough. I think he's he might be, you know, he might be forgetting things by now. He might be getting dementia or or Alzheimer's.、Oh. Of course, they didn't know about Alzheimer's. But yeah, he might be getting too old and forgetting things. You know, maybe let's get a younger man involved. And the king of Zhao hears this, and he foolishly believes the the rumors, and so he picks、um, a much younger man,、uh, a man named、uh, Zhao Kua, to、uh, to to replace Lian Po. And Zhao Kua is, is a younger man who had never seen battle before. And、so why did he pick him? He had he was the son of another general who had served the kingdom very very well, who had been a great great、uh, soldier. But Zhao Kua personally had only、um, discussed war, had only studied war on paper in from、mm. books. In fact, this is this is the origin of a Chinese a Chinese、uh, fixed phrase, 纸上谈兵 to speak of war on paper. Because Zhao Kua was the man who only did Zhishang Tanbing, who only talked about、uh, a war on paper,、uh, and this to now this this phrase refers to people, you know, a, a situation where we're only talking about something in theory without any practical experience or or、uh, practical information to to go on. It's called Zhishang Tanbing. So,、uh, and in fact, when the king chose Zhao Kua, his own mother, his own mother came to the king and said. Your Majesty, I don't know. If this is a good idea. Like my son, he's a good boy, but you know, I don't think he has the experience for this. Helicopter mom, helicopter mom. <laughs> and、I、the king is like, I've I mean, heard, just, right? Helicopter. I mean, I don't, I, I don't support this kind of behavior, but <laughs> no, but 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 you know, she did it, and the king was like, all right, I heard, I heard you, I heard you, but my, I've, I've decided, I'm sending your your son, and she's like, okay. When he screws up, though, can you please not blame me or the rest of my family? I mean, just I mean, you know. Okay. I mean, I told you so, right? And the king says, "All right, I promise. You know, if things turn out badly, I promise not to hold it against you." All right. So Zhao Kua goes out there and replaces the old man, Lian Po. Lian Po comes back to the capital, and he's all like, "Come on, man, what's going on? You know, like what? This is." You know, I think this is their this is the stratagem from the other side. They tricked you into it. But the king doesn't listen to him. All right, so Zhao Kua takes command, and immediately gets trapped by his much more experienced, much superior opponent Bai Qi. So he immediately falls into a trap, and the Zhao army is defeated. And history books, the history books tell us. Remarkably,、uh, I believe、uh, Sima Qian himself, the the grand historian. Who is Sima? Yeah, yeah Sima Qian. The he Sima Qian wrote during the、um, he 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 wrote during the Han Dynasty. He was a court historian for、uh, Wu Di Emperor Wu Di of Han. So, this would have been in the second、um, century BC. So this would have been a, a, a little over a hundred years. He would have been writing this history a little bit、uh, over a hundred years after the Battle of Changping, and、um, in Shizhi, the, the records,、um, he reports that the death toll from Changping on the on the on the on the Zhao side, just on the, just on the Zhao side, not counting the Qing war deaths,、um, 
the Zhao are supposed to have lost about a quarter million men in battle. Oh. And then, after the rest of them surrendered, um, Bai Qi ordered all of the rest of them executed. Why? Overnight. So he, he gave out a secret what he had. He had taken all these prisoners, 200,000 men, and overnight he gave, sent out a secret order, kill them all. And so they slaughtered. I, mean, I don't understand this decision. They start, so, well, some historians suggest that it was because the Qing army had also lost a great number of troops and they didn't have the manpower to keep 200,000 prisoners. They didn't have enough people to guard them. So he, he, could, okay. he could either let them all go or he could kill them all. And he didn't want to let them all go because then they would go back to the Zhao and then just fight again. <laughs> so, okay. so he chose to kill them all and then bury their bodies. They say that even today in the countryside of Shanxi, even today, 2000, nearly 2,200 years, uh, 300 years later, farmers still dig up bones from the Battle of Changping. Whoa. And in fact, in the, in the part of Shanxi that uh, was Changping at the time, it's got a different name now, they still serve this popular dish. It's called Bai Qi Rou. The, oh, the like flesh, the flesh of bai qi. The flesh of bai qi. It's actually a tofu dish. It's not meat at all. <laughs> but they call it that to to make to help themselves imagine they're eating bai qi's flesh because that's how much they hated him. Um, and <laughs> and um, but you know you have to wonder. At least I've always wondered. You know the, about about this number four hundred thousand, four hundred fifty thousand people dead um, in one event. Because I mean, this was the third century BC. What yeah, was even? That, that's the, a lot of people. That's a lot of people for that time. I mean, my I, I believe the, uh, the estimates for Chinese population, total population at the time, was in the in the in the vicinity of twenty five million. So if you think about twenty five million, four hundred thousand people is like more than one and a half percent of the total population of the country, and. That's that's uh, across all of China. Now, if you think there are seven kingdoms, uh, then the population of Zhao would be somewhere in the vicinity of four million, maybe. So you're talking about ten percent or more than ten percent of its population dying in one event. You know the level of the level of shock that that must have been. Um, <laughs> to, yeah, to, to, yeah, and. Um, and uh, so, so at this time, you would think you would think that the the Qing is now poised to destroy Zhao. I mean, basically, its entire military force has been wiped out. Almost its entire military force, right? It's, yeah. How comes the how uh, comes the Qing like having win already? So a couple of things happened then to stop uh, King Zhuangxiang's great conquest. The first was that. There was a the, the prime minister of the Qing back in back in the, in, in their capital was now growing jealous of General Bai Qi because he figured that well if Bai Qi now just marches onto Handan and just destroys the Zhao straight away then he gets all the glory right mm. and then he's going to climb over the prime minister he's going to become more powerful than the prime minister he doesn't want that 
So you know the the internal politics of it, right? The domestic politics. So he, so he forces them to delay, forces Bai Qi to delay. Says so, so overrides his order. Says no, you have to, you need to let your men rest and all this all this stuff. And Bai Qi is like responds badly. You know he's thinking, all these politicians trying to stop me from doing my job. Um, he reacts badly enough, in fact, that that he makes the mistake, the grave mistake. Of insulting the king, oh, insult him! King, the king Zhuangxiang,、mm-hmm. uh, he insults his own king, and so the king's not happy. The king orders him to commit suicide. This、Ooh. was this was a way people. I mean, this was the yeah. Back then, this was the way a lot of executions, quote unquote, were done. People weren't executed; they were ordered to commit suicide. So you might get sent like a dagger. That you have to cut your own throat with, or you get sent a bottle of poison, and、uh, you know the, the messenger says this is from the king,、right. and then you sort of oh all right I get it I get it,、um, mm. and if you're a man of honor you would just go ahead and kill yourself because、um, you know if you don't do it they'll still come get you anyway so you may as well may as well save us all a bit of work and just do it yourself so Baishi gets this. You know, gift, right? And he gets 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 the order to to kill himself, and uh, he's uh, he's uh, he sort of curses the gods, you know, curses heaven. He's like, "What have I ever done wrong? What have I what have I ever done except to serve my country faithfully and do my best for my country?" But then he stops himself, stops himself, and he says, he he remembers the two hundred thousand people he executed,、mm. and he's like, "You know、Same、what?" Then again, I mean, all they ever did was do the best for their country, and I cut all their throats. Two hundred thousand people. Who am I to? Who am I to? Who am I to say I'm innocent? And then he's he, and and upon thinking this, he goes, "Yeah, all right, fair enough. The gods want me dead," and he proceeds to kill himself. It's the end of the、oh, great Bai Qi. Yeah, the end of Bai Qi. Right. Meanwhile, over in the kingdom of Wei. A couple things had happened, so the、uh, so we have to back up a little bit to explain the relationships between the people among the people. So this may be a little bit complicated. <laughs> Bear with me. The kingdom of Zhao and the kingdom of Wei, directly to its south, were allied with each other politically, but by marriage as well.、Mm. So the kingdom of Wei, the king. Was the oldest of three children, the big brother. The second child was was a woman, so the sister, and then and then another brother, the little brother. The sister had gone gone to Zhao and married the king's brother, the、okay. brother of the king of Zhao. So the the sister, the sister of, of the, the king, king of Wei, Wei had married the, the brother, brother of the, the king, king of, of Zhao. Zhao. Right. So they're they're the two families are allied the two kingdoms are allied、mm-hmm. by marriage, and um and uh so when the um and and the little brother, right, of the Wei family, the royal family, he was because he's 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 the younger brother, so under primogeniture he's not the king. The big brother is the king. The little brother is the is a is a lord, and he's known as Lord Xingling. Xingling was the name of the county that was his, that was his fiefdom, and Lord Xingling was famous for、uh, for friendship. He was famous for befriending 
people of all ranks from all walks of life. In fact, he famously threw open his doors for uh, anyone who wanted to to come to his house and eat a meal, or if they need to have a place to stay, he's got he's got space for them to sleep. Anyone like anyone. Anyone can be another kingdom too. Right, right. So, so. So that's important. So, but this is this is the Warring States period when people could move around from one kingdom to another if they didn't like where they were living. So yeah, you had people from other kingdoms and just just show up and you know say like, I want to meet the famous Lord Xingling. It's like okay, well you know, and you come down and shake your hand or do, do the you know the, 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 the appropriate greeting of the time and uh, welcome you into his house and feed you. And um, he was doing this um, to recruit people. To to find the people who had special talents or or whatever uh, to to, um, to come and help him, and um, and he was um, and he was so so he would he would hear about people of uh, special talent who may not be well known to others. So here's about this one guy in particular. His name was Hou Ying. And he was a doorman in the city of Daliang, or uh, I should properly speaking, he's, he's a gate man. He kept a, a, you know, like one of the gates of the of the city. Um, and um, and so um, the story goes that Lord Xingling hears that this, and he was also quite old. He was like about seventy, like Lianpo. <laughs> he was like an old man. Oh, really? I mean, quite quite old again, again another again, old man like in the Bronze or... Age, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was uh, said to be a man of special talent, a man of, of, of great intellect, even though the guy's day job literally is just like watching a gate open and close. Um, <laughs> so, um, so Lord Xingling sends him a gift. Can you imagine a prince, you know, the king's brother, sends a, a lowly doorman a gift and, and the doorman refuses to accept. He says, Why? we're not... I don't know you. We're not. We're we're of different ranks. I, you know, I'm not obligated to accept your gift. And uh, how does Chilmi knows he's so smart? He had heard. He had been. He had been looking around for people of of talent, right? So he had been told through the grapevines. People had told, him, "Oh, this guy's uh, is this guy's a piece of work. You should you should you should have him on your staff." And um, so so then he uh, so then he comes to to. Hou Ying, Xingling, Lord Xingling comes to Hou Ying and invites him to a, a dinner party, to his to a banquet at his house. <laughs> Can you imagine? Again, the king's brother comes up to you and says, you know, if you will do me the honor of coming over to my house to be at my party, and and, and you are a doorman. <laughs> and uh, so, and finally the... Um, the guy accepts, and so he feels that Lord Xingling has demonstrated his sincerity, and so he accepts. But he says, "Ah, before we go, and by the way, this is why all of Xingling's guests are waiting, right? All the aristocrats are already gathered in his house. They're waiting for the prince to come, and and the doorman says, we can't go yet. Come with me. I need to introduce you to a man in the bazaar.' Mm-hmm. So all the aristocrats oh. are waiting. So he brings him to the bazaar." And says, I need you to meet my friend, the butcher. Oh, this is when the butcher comes. <laughs> this is when the butcher comes in. So the butcher, his name is Zhu Hai. And he's been like, his, his dad was a butcher. His grandfather was a butcher. You know, 
killing pigs runs in a family. <laughs> <laughs> But not just a butcher. He was also just a huge guy. He was just this big. Like a butcher. <laughs> not all butchers are giants, but this guy was a giant. Basically, he was a man of enormous strength, and、uh, so he was actually a great warrior. Even though his day job was killing pigs, he could just e- easily go out and kill people. <laughs> and his chosen weapon was not a sword or a bow or anything; it was a giant hammer. <laughs> he could just like basically、mm. crush people into into pancakes, basically. <laughs>、um, so 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 the doorman and the butcher both come onto, both enter Lord Singling's service, and at this time the news comes that the of, of the catastrophe at Changping, the Zhao army has been destroyed, and the 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 Qing army marches on the Zhao capital of Handan. And at any moment now, Handan might fall, and then the kingdom of Zhao will be destroyed. And if it is, then who knows if the other five kingdoms can still stand up against the superpower of the Qing, right? So the the king of Wei said, "Well, it's like, well, I gotta, I gotta go help out my my sister, my brother-in-law, my." My, you know, my my political allies and also,、uh, also also relatives now, who are the royal family of Zhao, right? So he puts together an army, and sends it north to the kingdom of Zhao. But right as the Wei army approaches Handan, the king of Wei gets a letter from King Zhuangxiang of Qing, that basically says, "Don't you do it." Don't you go help them, because if you go help the Zhao, I'm coming after you. I'm going to turn my army around and charge into Daliang instead and kill you.、Mm. Don't you interfere. So and, what did he do? Well, the King of Wei was a bit of a coward, so、mm. he gets this letter and his legs start shaking. And he's like, oh, oh crap! Oh no! Oh no! What have I done? So he sends an order、uh, to to the army that's already out in the field. Says sends sends this order that says, "Do nothing." So tells them to just sit down where they are, which is right outside Handan, and sit there and do nothing and just watch the battle. Um, now Lord Xingling. Then here's the news that his big brother, the king, had ordered the army to stand down, and he can't believe this, right? He's like, you do realize our sister lives up there. You do realize that you know those are our, our you know brother-in-law, our you know these are our relatives, and of course you do realize if Zhao is destroyed, then we're next,、mm. right? So.、Um, But I think I think the historians don't really spell this out because the, in a patriarchal society, the, the historians tend to leave out the role of the women. It's really not that strange. But I feel my interpretation of the the, the events here is that he was prim- Lord Singling was primarily motivated by his love for his sister, because the next things he does is to gather his guests. That all the thousands of people, some three thousand people, who are like eating his food for free, right? And he says to them, "All right, I'm going to go help the the kingdom of Zhao. I don't have an army because I'm not the king. I'm just the king's brother. So,、um, 
I'm certainly going to die <laughs> because I don't have soldiers. But, you know, you guys have all been uh, my friends. I ask you to come with me. This is purely on a voluntary basis. If you want to come with me and march to certain death, then please come. If you don't, then don't. So I feel like this is something that is emotionally motivated, right? Because strategically, mm. at this point, he can he can he can bring a couple thousand guys, maybe, mm. and it's not nearly enough to change the the outcome. So in fact, after three thousand three thousand of his guests, half of them say, "All right, we'll come with you." So okay. he starts heading out with this, you know, fifteen hundred men, maybe, definitely not enough to change the outcome. And it's just like going out there to die. Um, but then at this point, the doorman says to him, my lord, <clears throat> why don't we do this? He's like, pss, 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 like whispering his ear. Well, no, he comes out with a plan. He says, Here, here's what we do. Here's what we do. You know how your brother, the king, you know how he has this favorite concubine? All right, this is what we do. We go talk to her. Because she owes you a favor, right? Doesn't she owe you a favor? Yeah, yeah, For that other thing that you did before her? Yeah, 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 right. Okay, so you get her to sneak into his office and steal the golden plaque. What is the golden plaque? So the, the, at the time, um, it was a symbol of the king's authority, of royal authority. Mm -hmm. So because at the time, of course, you know, when the, when the king sent out an order, you know, a messenger runs out with a, with a decree from the king, um, how do you know that really came from the king? Well, the theory was if it came with a golden plaque, because that then that represented the royal, that was the royal symbol that represented royal authority. So if the order came with a golden plaque, then you know that really came from the king, and that wasn't just made up. Um, so they get the, the concubine to steal the king's golden plaque, and they sneak it out of the palace, and Lord Singling takes it, and, uh, and, and, with the butcher by his side, he rides north, but not the doorman. The doorman, Ho Ying, he stays behind. He takes responsibility for the theft. He says, I did it. Oh, okay. So that the king couldn't blame his own brother. Oh. So the king blames him, not his brother. And then he kills himself. Sacrifice. He sacrifices himself for his lord so that the king, the king wouldn't be able to go after his brother because he already come out and said, <clears throat> "I was responsible for the theft," and then he cuts his own throat. That's the end of that. That's the case closed, right? But that's that's his loyalty to Lord Singling. Lord Singling, meanwhile, rides north with the golden plaque in hand and Zhu Hai the butcher by his side, and they go up to where the Wei army is encamped, and he, he goes in and says, "All right, everyone." Everything is going to be okay now. I'm here because my brother sent me. Here's the golden plaque. My brother sent me to take over a command. Of course, this is a lie, but he's got the golden plaque. So all the generals are like, oh, okay. I mean, I guess. I mean, he's got the plaque and he's, he's the king's brother. So, all right, all right. Except this one general who's like, I, I don't know. This, this, this feels fishy to me. I don't. I don't know if this is. Uh, I don't know if this is kosher. So he says, "Oh my lord, why don't we? Uh, what's the hurry? Uh? Let me uh, send a messenger down to the capital and uh, check with the king and uh, verify that uh, everything everything is as you say." And right as he says this, 
Zhu Hai, the butcher, steps out from behind Luo Xingling. He raises his giant hammer and he whacks the guy in the head and crushes his skull. There's bring matters final over the room. <laughs> it like splatters onto people's faces. And and then Zhu Hai basically says,、uh, "All right, anyone else? Anyone else wants to question his lordship?" Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> all the generals are home. Damn. No. 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 Not me. No. 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 Everything's everything's cool. I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> and so, so Lord Singling takes command of the Wei army, and he leads them out、uh, against the the Qing army. And Lord Singling, because he is much more courageous and much smarter than his brother, he turns out to be a great general. And he manages to defeat the King,、uh, King Zhuangxiang of the Qing, and that was the greatest defeat in King Zhuangxiang's life. He had previously been all but unbeatable, and this is the one time where he really had his ass handed to him. And he goes back to Qing, a broken man, and he dies soon after, leaving the task of reunifying China to his future grandson, the future. Qing Shi Huangdi. That's right.、Mm. Um, but you know, I also, I also,、um, I, I, I also, I love this story also because the 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 role played by you know these two lower class guys, right? You know, one's a one's a butcher, one's a doorman, and um, and um, and they are they are sort of raised up by a, by a prince, a lord. Someone who is at highest echelon of society, who did not care about the social ranks, right? And、um, and it makes me think of this. I think I think we talked about this before, about、uh, not on air, but in 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 private in real life, about the this word xia,、mm. you know, yeah, this concept of xia, like the 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 genre of films and literature wu xia,、mm. right? You're you're familiar with yeah, yeah, yeah. In French, we say comment de cap et d'épée. The roman the novel of、uh, of cape and sword. Oh, cape and sword, right, right,、um, um, right. So we, you know, in in often which is often translated as like martial arts fantasy or kung fu fiction or kung fu film or you know,、um, but it kind of, it misses the point a little bit because like actually the defining attribute of wuxia isn't the fighting; it's the character, well, the character of the characters, the the, the attributes of the characters involved. And um, and um, it also makes me think of how, you know, how like it,、uh, in Western media and Western commentators often talk about how、uh, Asian culture is supposed to be Confucian and conformist,、mm. and you know, everyone's you know puts the group ahead of the individual. All these, all these, all these、mm. cliched ideas, right? But you look at、um, this this idea of the xia, which goes back way back. The Sima、uh, Qian in Shiji. Had、uh, writes about these guys, you know, Zhu Hai, Hou Ying, you know, the butcher and the doorman, in a chapter called Yu Xia Lie Zhuan, the biographies of the roving Xia. So there was always this concept of these people who don't conform to social expectations. You know, they don't chase after money or status, or, or you know, they don't take the civil service exam, whatever it is. They don't care about that stuff. They care about their individual lives. You know, they may not ostensibly have high status in society. They don't care. They don't care about that. They don't give a crap. 
They might even be outlaws and criminals, and but they care about certain essential chivalric values, like loyalty. Like when Hoeing kills himself to take responsibility for the theft, even though of course he was performing a service for his lord. Right, that's loyalty. That is loyalty unto death. Right, and、uh, you know, friendship. You know, once you've befriended someone, you befriend someone. You know,、um, uh, once you make a promise, you keep your word, and that's always how it is. And and this this idea has always been with us. You know, the the concept of the Xia dates back so far <clears throat> to a time, the Warring States era, when Confucianism wasn't even. Uh, established as like a dominant philosophy yet that wouldn't happen until later in the Han Dynasty. So if you if you indulge me, I'd like to end this episode with a、uh, bit of poetry recitation. <laughs> well, you you know about Li Bai, of course. The, yeah, the, right. China's greatest yeah. poet. Yeah, the poet, yeah. the poet Li Bai from the Tang Dynasty.、Um, in, uh, writing in the eighth century, he wrote a poem about the story I just told you, actually. About、uh, okay. yeah, 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 about about Luo Xingling and his his two guys, you know, Zhu Hai and Hou Ying, the 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 butcher and the doorman, and it's called Xia Ke Xing, the March of the Xia.、Mm. It goes like this: Zhao Ke Man Hou Ying, Wu Gou Shuang Xue Ming, Ying An Zhao Bai Ma, Sa Ta Ru Liu Xing, Shi Bu Sha Yu Ren, Qian Li Bu Liu Xing, Shi Liao Fu Yi Xu, Shen Chang Shen Yu Ming. 闲过杏林影，脱剑西前横。将至旦诸害，持商劝侯嬴。三杯吐然诺，五月道为清。眼花耳热后，意气素泥生。旧照挥金锤，邯郸先震惊。千秋二壮士，选鹤打梁城。纵死峡谷乡，不惨世上英。谁能书阁下，白首太玄经。<咳> Do you understand about that, right? Yeah, I got everything. <laughs> I got everything、okay. because I'm so good at classical Chinese. Of course you are. Of course you are. <laughs> well, this has been the Master of Demon Gorge podcast. Thank you for listening. <laughs>